wow, water skiing and re <laughs> re rejuvenating old electric. My goodness me, that's incredible. Yeah, I try not. I try not to combine the two. It's a bit dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Could be interesting. Oh wow. <laughs> Welcome to The Full Stop, a podcast for the childless community, presented by Sarah Lawrence, Michael Hughes and me, Bernie Smith. Our podcast delves into the many stories and dynamics that make up the childless not-by-choice identity. With the help of our guests, we aim to help you craft your own narrative and what it means to be part of our community. We also aim to inform those who are child-free or parents so that they can begin to understand and support those around them who may be facing a life without children. This episode is about beginnings. January can feel like a challenging month. The build-up to the holidays and the festive season is behind us. And we may feel relief. Or sadness. Our inbox is full of goal-setting and new starts, and it could be overwhelming. We always take care with our January episode, so we don't add to these feelings but we really hope you enjoy this episode. Please extend a warm welcome to Caroline from The Kitchen, Michael from Sparky's Lighthouses, and Vicky from Clem's Garden. They're business owners who just happen to be part of our community too. They took time out to share their stories and tell us why they do the work that they do and share some inspiring advice that you may find useful, whatever your employment status is. Oh, and by the way, I am missing from this episode. Covid and I finally caught up with each other and I wasn't well enough to record. So, like you, I'm listening along with you. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. This this episode, we're, we're going to be talking about new beginnings. So it's kind of, um, you know, you guys have all got very different, very varied backgrounds for people in our community. So we were kind of interested in how you got into what it is you're doing and sharing your stories because obviously as a community we have this this thing where we have got to have a plan b and sometimes it can feel like this you've got to do this huge life-changing thing you've got to give everything to to the outside community to make yourself i don't know not feel better but feel as though you're you're contributing in some huge way and so we were interested in having like a you know a, a few people on that have got a very varied background but have also are doing something different with their lives if that makes sense so I was wondering if we could start by perhaps introducing you all because I think you may all be sort of new voices which is exciting and if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do you know what your what your side hustle is whatever it is that you're doing now would that be okay yeah okay who would is there anyone that particularly would like to go first Happy to, if it breaks the ice. Perfect. Go for it, Mike. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, Mike Sparks, um, 64 and a quarter now. Um, I'm sort of semi-retired, just a, a brief potted history of what I've done with my life. Um, 30 years in the city of London uh, as a stockbroker and fund manager. Um, and in fact, the last year as a, that I did there was working for a small... Um, asset management company, company which was uh, wholly owned by QBE, which I think you guys on the other side of the world might know about, mm -hmm. the Australian company. Anyway, I'll move on. Um, so that career came to, came to an end after about 30 years. 
and then I ran a charity local to here where I live just northwest of London um, for about four or five years. Always had been interested in antiques throughout my life and that has grown as I've got older and then actually got involved working um, selling online bidding systems for a company that actually the Antiques Trade Gazette and then through that kind of fell into doing what I do now I'm sort of semi-retired as I say but what work I do do is um, antique restoration and I specialize in lighting um, so I've got the right surname um, and when I give people my business card they just don't believe me and I yeah, no, that is my real name what's so your surname Sparks Oh. <laughs> people do not believe it <laughs> it's, it's meant uh, to be. and it, it, it literally i uh, i fell into doing this uh, it was um var an antique dealer who i was i was shadowing really because i i wanted he was very good and i wanted to learn a bit and i just used to go to antique fairs with him and just listen to what he would say about stuff and then one day he said to me i bought all these light lamps in europe do you think you could make them work i said well i'll have a go and without boring you it just it just took off from there so i love using these i've always loved using my hands always been into mechanics and uh, i get a great thrill from somebody most of the work i do is restoration i do do a bit of sales as you may have seen from my website um that's because i can't resist buying things at antique fairs and making them work but nothing gives me greater kit than actually somebody giving me something that's beaten up and it doesn't work and it's broken and then i put it all back together make it work test it and give it back to them and that's a really good feeling i feel i've done something you know so that's what i do um to earn a penny or two to keep me in beer and crisps and and the other thing i do which really floats my boat is um excuse the pun is that i'm for 40 odd years i've been a very keen water skier and i'm now a coach and uh, a boat driver and i work at a local club and wow. get, get a great kick from doing that i really do particularly working with youngsters which kind of fits in with the being childless thing and that, again that just kind of went that way um uh, so I, I specialize in sort of the novice area and getting people off two skis onto one ski and then getting on to, into slalom. I used to compete, but um, yeah, I'm too old and gray and fat now, so. but I do still ski. <laughs> so that's me. Wow, water skiing and re <laughs> re rejuvenating old electric. My goodness me, that's incredible. Yeah, I try, not, I try not to combine the two, it's a bit dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Could be interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Mike. I'm Caroline. Um, I have a business called The Kitchen. Hen. So um, I've been baking my biscuits that I do through my business for seven and a half years now. So we create, hands, we bake and hand stamp biscuits that we call edible inspiration. So the idea is that um, we send them through the post, people order them through our website to send to people to kind of drop through their letterbox unexpectedly to brighten up their day. Well, um, idea. Yeah, it's um, it started with one set of biscuits that I was actually sending to a friend who was going through um, fertility treatment as we were at the time. And then it's evolved over the next seven years and I started on my kitchen table and I now have a little bakery um, and we send biscuits for all sorts of occasions, but predominantly it's hugs in biscuits. So I kind of like to think of it as I'm or we're kind of we're kind of the facilitator that just allow people to do kind things for each other um 
and it's lovely and it brings me so much um so, such a sense of purpose and so much joy um so i've done that for seven and a half years really love it find a lot of meaning and a lot of um a lot of a lot of joy from it but i'm just embarking on another new beginning because i'm just at the moment training to be a health coach um which again has sort of come directly from from the last 10 years that um we've been through so working hoping to work with people alongside the biscuiting um working with people to help them kind of find their their own joy and their kind of purpose and their optimum health really so that's kind of another new beginning that I'm about to embark on, which took me a while to work out how to marry the two. And a few people have said, but you sell biscuits and then you want to coach people how to be healthy, um, <laughs> which is a point I get. And I did grapple with that for a little while, but to me, health is about so much more than what we put in our bodies. That's super important, but it's such a bigger picture of how we connect, how we communicate, how we, how we live, you know, uh, our whole kind of holistic lifestyle. And I qualified as a yoga teacher last year. Um, and I love teaching. I only teach once a week. And that's kind of led me to think about more about wellness being a whole thing. And to me, the biscuits fit perfectly because they're kind of an act of, of care, um, self-care. They encourage people to stop, put the kettle on, take five minutes for themselves and kind of just, just have that space, create that space in the day. So I've decided the two actually work really beautifully together. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know where it'll go, but um, I'm excited to uh, to see where the next new beginning takes me, I suppose. Lovely. Thank you, Caroline. <laughs> Pleasure. I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, you, you could, I guess you could do the biscuits. You don't have to eat the biscuits, do you, I guess? No, but you know what? I think anything even within kind of health and wellness, we all are never one for suggesting anything should be cut out of anyone's diet completely. And I think we do a lot of sort of these single biscuits that are just kind of a perfect size to junk in your cuppa. And um, I just think actually we're not, you know, we don't want to eat a pack of hobnobs in one sitting, but mindfully sitting down. Don't we? Along, yeah, quite, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah so yeah yeah it's a lovely thing to do yeah thank you I'm, I'm really struck by how eclectic everything is at the moment water skiing electrics uh health coaching <laughs> making biscuits it's amazing thank and you. so and so vicky house it's it's your turn yeah hello 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 um i i feel connected to both mike and caroline really in in different ways i suppose my story is that um, after losing a baby and then finding out that we couldn't have kids and a fair amount of time grieving and trying to come to terms with that, um, my husband and I just decided to make a bit of a clean break of it, in a sense, um, and we left our home in in Brighton and we decided that we were going to look for a building to adopt and we eventually found an amazing arts and crafts building in Huddersfield in Yorkshire we didn't know anyone in Huddersfield um, but this building we decided needed the love that we might have put into our family very afraid of needed lots of work and 
that is at the centre of our lives now. That's what gives us meaning. And with this building, there was a pretty big garden. The, the building used to belong to the local council and they ran it as a day centre. And in the grounds, there was the, the ragged remains of um, a gardening project they had at the day centre. Um, polytunnels that were um, absolutely shredded. In fact, in one of the, the polytunnels, there was filing cabinets. Uh, they'd obviously just stripped the building and just dumped stuff everywhere. And it was completely overgrown. And it took a bit of time to decide what we were going to do with this land. Um, but the idea came of starting up a, a social enterprise um, for volunteers. We're all volunteers. We've called it Clem's Garden because um, Clem is the baby we lost. And it's a place where we grow and sell organic cut flowers. And it's a place particularly for other people who are childless. They can come and be part of this social enterprise and find a role and a place for their nurturing to go as well. And we raise uh, money from the sales of our flowers um, to support other local community projects. And just like Caroline, we are big into trying to inspire kindness in the local community. So we often donate jars of our flowers for people who are going to visit neighbours or friends who might be going through a, a tough time in their local community. So Clems is very much where most of my time and energy goes this, at the moment um, and over the last five years. Uh, and then in between times, um, I kind of feel like I might have seen Mike's business online because as we renovate um, our labour of love, love this, this building called Briarcourt, um, we, we're interested in you know, all bits of furniture and stuff as well. So I may have seen you online, Mike. So that's that's what I do. That's good. We'll do have a look. If I can help with anything, do let me know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So inspiring. Yeah. It really is, isn't it? I, I, I'm curious. So was it the building initially then that you were interested in and then it turned into the garden? Yeah. Um, it was one of those, I don't know, sometimes you just need a long car journey to have a... A, converse, a different sort of conversation with your partner if you've got a partner and um we had one of these long car journeys and, and we're always into watching these kind of property programs and people doing up buildings and that kind of thing just to chill out but my other half dunk was saying you know when when eventually he gets to retire you're quite interested in this idea of taking on a building and, and working on it I mean, what we didn't take into account was that we have very few manual skills between us, um, but the idea seemed like a, a, a lovely one. And I thought that was the end of the conversation, but he's one of these people that once he gets a bit between his teeth, um, suddenly I'm getting links from property websites and things in my inbox. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, this was just a like one of those conversations, those dream conversations you have, but... Um, it just shows, I mean, once if you've got an idea and there was nothing tying us because, the, you know, the whole family thing that the sun had set on that um, and he's got quite a portable job. Um, and we just thought, well, 
let's give it a go. Let's try something different. And um, it's it's been a, a really brilliant kind of opportunity. And for saying we we moved here and didn't know anyone and um, we, we didn't have the school gates to to meet new people and our and Dunk's job is elsewhere. The building and then establishing Clem's Garden on the back of that has has just opened up so many new relationships and opportunities and joy and you know it's it's just been such a brilliant move for us. How long have you been doing that, Vicky? So we moved to Yorkshire in 2014. So we started on the building then, and then Clem's Garden had its fifth birthday this year. Um, and there was a bit of setting up behind, you know, before the, the five years. I don't have a business background at all. You know, I come from working in the NHS. I worked in mental health in the NHS. That was my career. Um, so there was a lot to learn. I'm not a gardener. Um, <laughs> so there was a lot to learn, um, certainly on the business side. Um, but, yeah, five years is is how long Clems has been up and running. And you say you're established as a social enterprise. Yeah. But I, I, I don't wish to pry, but I, I wonder how you 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 fund certain things. And, and, and don't answer that. But the reason I'm asking that question is the charity I ran uh, after I'd left the city was actually a community foundation. It was mm-hmm. the one based in Buckinghamshire. And yeah. it's just that sort of the community foundations. Very briefly, um, they match local needs with local donors. So um, they're like a conduit, really. They don't focus on one particular thing. Uh, it's very, a really rewarding job. I loved it. Um, but uh, if you ever did need help, or in, and it need not necessarily be financial, um, it might be a bias or something like that. Um, I know that there is, there's, I think there's a community foundation for the whole of Yorkshire. You may have heard of them, but always worth approaching. Thanks very much, Mike. I mean, we did start off with grant from funding from our local community foundation called One Community. Ah, right. Okay. Um, but now, and this is what we always wanted to be, we didn't want to be reliant on grants. But no. the ethos of Clems is that we take pride and we find a role and a sense of purpose when we don't find that in our families. So mm. we always wanted to be self-sufficient. So the flower sales have to support the running of the business. Uh, As I say, none of us are paid, so we don't have wages to pay. And then the profits um, at the end of the year, and they're always going to be very modest profits. They always get donated to the community foundation so that we can help other local uh, community projects. If Clems gets to the point where we can't be self-sustaining, then I think we walk away. We don't want to be, we don't want to be dependent on, you know, charity or whatever. We're, we're, we're quite proud people, really. I'm struck by, I've kind of got this string running through all these stories that you're telling, you know, your stories of how you do what you do and how you came to do it. Community is really... It's sort of sort of really in my face at the moment, you know, in terms of this is what we're doing. This is this is why what I'm doing. I'm giving back, you know, sort of the water skiing, the gardening, the biscuits. It's all about it seems to be about support and, and letting people know that actually there is a community that they can go to when they need to. Doesn't matter what it is based around, but there is this sense of community and putting people together. Yeah, we have a hashtag at Clems, which is community is family. 
And when you don't have family of your own, then community is is everything. And I think there was a sense that we wanted to be a beacon within our local community. When when we moved to Huddersfield, I just remember, you know, I know you talk about bingo. And one of the bingos for us was, oh, this is you've moved to a brilliant place. It's a great place for families. And I was thinking, oh, that's good. <laughs> um, and I want there to be a place where people who were childless knew that they could find a safe space where people weren't going to be talking about their families all the time. So it's partly that. And it's partly for me um, having a stake in the local community so that people within the local community can see the value in what we do. And maybe we challenge some of the lazy assumptions that you hear from time to time that childless people have no stake in the future or the world or are selfish or the Andrea Lebson kind of effect um, that we wanted to show that that actually we are all about nurturing and kindness and community because community really, really is meaningful to us. It's a lifeline at the end of the day. Kind of chosen family, isn't it, really? Exactly that. Yeah. So, Caroline, I was going to ask you, your business. Yeah. You said they were born out of the fact that you were kind of sending kindness to somebody else that was going through fertility treatment. Yeah. I was curious. So, what sort of messages do you usually get asked for without obviously breaking confidentiality? Yeah. What sort of things are you sending out in biscuit form? So, we have a lot of messages. We grow our, our sort of range on the website all the time often inspired by the messages that people are asking for so one of our most popular ones which I love is um I don't know who invented sending flowers when times are tough biscuits are far more practical um which I really like um and they all we always send that one it goes out with a tea bag so it kind of just has that real nice um you know it's that really nice encouragement for people to just kind of stop for a moment but we do an awful lot of hugs and biscuits which during the two years of covid were um we, we yeah we were we were struggling to keep up with demand for those when we couldn't hug people and put in person but things like um um just to let you know we're thinking of you every day that like, can be really really simple messages um and then we have a, a new range that are a little bit more um more like almost like a tiny not not a poem but but a bit a bit longer a little bit more a little bit more of a message just a lot of them are about friendship a lot of them are just there's one that says um one of our bestsellers says I know biscuits can't even begin to make things better but I hope this just brightens your day a little bit and reminds you that you are loved and I just love the thought of just this unexpected it's exactly you know what Vicky was saying it's that it's that sense of community and that sense of connection and that ability for somebody to just reach out to somebody and let them know that they're not on their own and that somebody's kind of with them whether or not they can be kind of with them in um in person and um yeah we we often we have like a a range of you choose biscuits where people can choose their own messages which are always really really lovely to um to read as well and we're really sort of adaptable so we'll we will edit our range depending on what um what people what people ask us for I suppose um yeah it's just a different way of, of sending that message I suppose of just making somebody feel thought about and cared for and valued I guess isn't it yeah yeah I think so it is you know 
flowers, biscuits, chocolates. It's all it's all valid, isn't it? I'm, I'm curious though. I've, I was wondering that, and this this question comes from Berenice, so I'm going to credit Berenice with this one. She was sort of saying, so obviously we're all part of this childless community. She was curious, how is it for you if you get asked to do christenings and things like that? It, it, is that tricky for you or are you kind of like, well, no, it's just a biscuit, I'm fine with it? It totally depends um, on how I'm feeling on that day. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's it's fine and I have got a lot better. I've really struggled initially with things like occasions such as Mother's Day and things like that um, yeah. because there's a point where this is a business you know this this is what I do to pay my mortgage so I have to have a business hat that I put on sometimes um yeah but when we do do occasions like that I always make sure we have a part of the range that is with people in mind who perhaps don't find the day as easy for whatever reason there's you know myriad reasons aren't the why mother's day is hard so whenever we're doing any occasion father's day um even at christmas i really try and make sure that there is something within that range that that's always in my mind is thinking well you know sort of making sure that there are there is something to kind of with you know for that mm. more of that but yeah sometimes it's fine and sometimes sometimes it's it's really hard and it just depends on how you know how I'm feeling how my week's going what's been happening for me and it's the same I think generally with with the situation we're all in with not having children in general is it never goes away you know it's never something that we get over and, and one day we're fine and and we've moved on um which is one of the hard things I think isn't it is accepting that there will be those days I have days when I'm just completely blindsided something will happen and I just have that feeling of um, that's not um you know this is never I'm never going to experience that or whatever it is and I think it's we just have to learn to be kind to ourselves and when we do have those days and when I have them at work I quite often will just walk away and say well that I'm not doing those you know that's not something for me to do today it can wait I need to just I think we all learn as time goes on we develop those ways to listen to ourselves a bit more and be kind to ourselves and kind of and make that space for ourselves when things don't feel easy, I guess. I, I can completely relate to that in terms of that expression you use as one I use, which is be kind to yourself. Yeah, there are times when, yeah, it's just for whatever reason, it, 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 it comes down on you like a ton of bricks. It's never going to change. It's always going to happen. Occasionally, you hope that the frequency of that reduces. But when it does happen, I always say to them, just be kind, just do something you want to do. Bugger everyone else, excuse the language, but yeah. if I want to go and do this, as long as I'm not breaking the law, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, and I go off and do it. Um, or don't do it. Like you say, sometimes you say, I'm not doing that today. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop work. I don't want to do that light. I'm going to sit and watch the football on the telly. And that's what I do. <laughs> so yeah. I can completely relate to that, to the be kind to yourself. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it, though? Because I think we are we live in a world that encourages us to just push through, you know, whenever, you know, push those feelings down, crack on, because we've yep. got to keep moving forward. And actually, no, we don't. We need to listen to them and acknowledge them and feel those feelings when they when we feel them and, and be like a bit understanding with ourselves, as you say, kind and just... Yeah, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, squashing those feelings just 
but it, it, it just it doesn't work because it, it just they just fester and grow and grow and grow and then and mm -hmm. then there's an explosion yeah, of some Absolutely. description I quite yeah agree. sure i think it, it's maybe easy in a sense for us being a, a community project um, and, and no one's relying on the income in a way, but, but in small ways, in order to protect ourselves, we also put a few boundaries in place as well. And I think that's okay to do. Um, so for example, I mean, we do have some days at Clems where all comers are welcome. Uh, and we do have some days at a ring fence for those of us who are childless. Uh, within the volunteers um, where all comers welcome, we have a rule that we don't have children on site because for me, and at the end of the day, it is the garden that's part of my home. Um, having parents and kids on site is too much for me. Um, it doesn't matter how old the kids are. It will all be a, always be a milestone that reminds me of Clem and where I would have been. Um, within my parenting journey had things turned out differently. So I draw that boundary to protect myself. Um, and some people might not understand that. Um, but as Mike says, bugger it. Um, yeah. You know, you, you have to just do, whether it's self-care in, in a different way or drawing a boundary or finding someone else to take on a particular task if it's too much, then I, I think... It's playing the long game and thinking what is going to sustain you in the long term rather than jumping through every hoop that everybody presents to you from day to day. I think self-care is, as, as everyone's mm. saying, is it's vital, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Well, society is so geared towards the family. Uh, and, and that's in some of my posters on, on, on our site. You'll see that. It, it, it when I'm not feeling particularly great about this, it really makes me angry. You know, I, mm -hmm. I deliberately will go to Tesco's and, and, and park in the mother and child space. Why shouldn't I? You know, why have I got to have a child to park near the door? Either mm -hmm. that or I take my 95 year old mother and then we tick the box, you know. Sorry. Oh, no, actually, I don't, <laughs> I don't anymore because she's actually in a home now. But when she was in the late 80s, I did. I used to take her shopping and I'd park. She you can't park here. I said, yes, I can. It's mother, child. There you go. Yeah. You're, you're 88. I'm 58. So what? <laughs> so but we did it. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, you, 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 it's um, society's so geared towards the children, you know, the, the families with children. I mean the whole tax system is and it, it just it, it really grinds me down and uh, at times and I just have to deal with it my own way and so well, I'm not doing that and um, I'm not going to join in on that because you're not thinking about us although I think I get the impression that um, awareness of, of childless adults not through choice uh, is is becoming is growing a little bit I mean it's painfully slow but um, I, I certainly bang the drum when I feel in the mood. And um, it's funny how people just sort of sit bolt upright and listen and, and nod, you know, they, they're yeah, understanding. Yeah, you're right, though, because it's difficult because we are fed the, 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 that narrative so strongly that the, that the point of us is to have family, have children. Yeah. This, you know, this, leg, this is the legacy we leave. And whilst we absolutely know, because we all feel 
the meaning we feel and the purpose we feel in a completely different way, in a completely different set of circumstances. We know that there can be joy and meaning and purpose without having children, but when we're fed that narrative so consistently from every single angle, I find sometimes I have to really step away and kind of talk myself back through the fact that it's okay, you know, because it's 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 really hard not to be, not to feel it when we are so bombarded with it. It's it's a it's it's a daily. I think it's a daily choice we have to a daily thing we have to yep. be aware of, isn't it? Yep. And it's hard. Yeah, it is. It um yeah, it, yeah. You you get. I think there are so many things in life that are geared towards the family, geared towards children. Hey, look, I'm not anti-children. We were all children. Mm -hmm. We were yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, quite. But but you just think well society in itself it's just not thinking about us you know and it, it do you know what it ain't easy at times and um you know and that's why i would like to do my bit to raise awareness um okay. uh, and, and i do i try anyway yeah i love that i love that message we're not anti-children we aren't are we no. You know, we, we're doing our bit in our ways, but we have to have, as Vicky said, we have to have those boundaries because yep. we can have good days, not so good days. So I love that. And, and it feels to me that actually in, in various different ways, we are, well, you are claiming your 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 bit in society. So, you know, Mike, you, you're doing your water skiing with kids. You know, Vicky, you're doing the garden, but you're very, you know, you have to have boundaries because obviously that garden has specific meanings to you. So it's actually, no, actually, this has got to be a bit protected. Mm. And then Caroline, obviously, your biscuits, you know, like some days it's going to be, yeah, no, I can't do that today. Mm. I'll do something different. But I love the thought that actually for every biscuit that has that sort of, that sort of, that child family slant, you've got the, the anti, the anti one as well. That, that to me really appeals that must be great you must have to do a couple of them and then you thought, all right I need to I need to rebalance here and do one that's not yeah <laughs> we did this as well for Mother's Day and Father's Day we did um like cat mums and dog mums biscuits which was so popular um and that was really yeah that was quite a nice a bit more kind of a lighter way to do it I suppose you know we always see them that are kind of you know sort of ones that are sort of you know thinking of you today especially type thing but the cat and dog mum ones were just plant mums because um, that's you know it's it's nice to have that kind of sometimes it doesn't have to feel sometimes it doesn't have to feel so heavy does it it's lovely to be thought of but it can be a little bit lighter I think sometimes as well and there are days when that's just what we need isn't it you know it's balance isn't it I suppose yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to take my mum shopping with me next time, Mike, actually. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think that's a great Stop idea. Of you. Yeah. We had Mom, to stop it. This. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was too big to get in the trolley so she could push me around. Yeah. Oh, I, I can do it. I'm only 5'2". <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> but I love that. So it's kind of, for me, what I really feel is that the fact that we all sit with the heaviness, but actually we can do different things with it because obviously we're not given an instruction booklet are we on how to handle right. this and it's kind of i'm really taken by each and every one of yours different ways of coping with it i think our listeners are going to get a lot out of that because it can get very heavy can't it, it can get a bit like Ugh. 
but actually we all find different ways to to deal with it and also i think there's a i know when we were coming to the end of our um I really dislike the word journey, but I find it so difficult to find an, an alternative experience. Um, I remember talking to a few people who had done, gone off and done huge things. You know, they'd, they'd sold everything up and they'd, tra they'd travelled the world or they'd done. And I remember thinking, I don't really want to do something huge and massive. I, I want, I need to feel like I'm having a, a, an impact. I need to feel like I'm, I'm doing something but but it doesn't have to be this huge life-changing thing that I could only do if we didn't have children you know and I think that's been a real learn for me is that it's sometimes we don't have to have we don't have to do um huge things and I know you know um Vicky for you moving up to her that's a, that is a huge thing and it's beautiful brave as well. uh, so brave yeah and I think and that works, you know, that, that's absolutely right for some, for some of us, isn't it? And for some of us, it's a smaller, smaller thing, I suppose. Um, and it's just interesting, isn't it? We're all, we're all different and we all kind of need to create something different in our lives in, in so many different ways, I suppose. Yeah, and, and Sarah, I think you used the key word there about find. You you said, "Have we find another way?" And 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 I think that's that's quite a key word because sometimes you, if if you look too hard for it, you won't find it. Um, and I mean, fr from my point of view, I suppose the two things are the, the water ski coach, and that was kind of natural because I'd been a very keen water skier for for so many decades, and that was just a way of putting something back into the sport. And I, it just so happened that I tended to. As I said earlier, tended to um, concentrate and be quite good with youngsters, but the the, the um, anti lighting restoration thing that literally just fell into my lap. I wasn't looking for it; it just kind of happened. And this guy said, "Can I, can I try to fix these?" I thought, "Well, I have a go." And actually, what happened was, I I um, started having to buy parts, new cable, new bulb holders, etc. And I was going to a local lighting shop. In, in, in Giles Cross in Buckinghamshire and I kept going back in there to buy the bits and the manager in there who I now know very well he said to me what is it you again what are you doing with all this stuff I said well I'm repairing some old lights he said oh well we used to do that we don't do it anymore give me some of your business cards and I'll give them out because we still get loads of inquiries for for restoration work I said well I don't have any business cards he said well get some printed you idiot so I did and the the business took off from there and he's still going. In fact, I went in to give him a box of chocolates for Christmas Day for yesterday. And still 70% of my business comes from that one shop. And, and that just fell into my lap. And I, I get such a, such a sense of achievement, as I say, from, from using these two things and a load of tools. And um, yeah, so sometimes it comes to you when you're not even looking for it. Yeah. Well, I was say, Vicky, you with the gardening, you said, I'm not a gardener. Yeah, quite. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> I oh, am a business person. <laughs> yeah, you must be now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I was just just thinking. I think there's a danger in being asked to tell your story, but it sounds very simple, and sounds as if it's just well, you set out with this idea, and then you go and implement it, and then before you know it, you know you've got. This, that or the other that's that's your plan b but i think 
Well, I know the reality is very different. If I look back and if you were looking through my window over the last 10 years, you would have seen so many ups and downs. You would have seen days where I was unable to do anything, uh, days where I was unable to leave the house because I just couldn't face seeing people. There were days where I couldn't put the television on because I thought if I see one more bloody nappy advert, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just not going to have to deal with it. So we're looking at, well, I'm looking at this sort of 10 years, more than 10 years since I lost Clem. Um, and I'm looking at it through the lens of where I'm at today. And I think, as Caroline said, I can still have shitty days um, where everything doesn't seem terrific and everything seems a struggle. Luckily, those days are far more few and far between than, than they have been. But it is about, as Caroline was saying, that the little victory sometimes. Um, and, and I think that the move towards doing something like Clem's um, was about reclaiming some confidence. I felt that my sense of self um, had been eroded. Um, I, I also sort of stepped away from my career. So that was another loss for me. Um, and it was about just trying to rebuild life in some way, just brick by brick, step by step. Um, and as I say, you know, 13 years on or whatever it is, suddenly you've, you've, you've actually built a bit of a, a thing. Um, but if I thought of doing any of this at the time of, um, trying to have a family, I would never have imagined it would be possible and that, that there would be a life beyond it. So, yeah, I, I just, just to, I suppose, be aware that this plan B thing isn't this magical rabbit you pull out of a hat mm. comes from, you know, just taking baby steps. Sorry for the language there. Um, but I think it also comes from finding other people to support you along the way. A, a big milestone in this for me, rebuilding confidence and uh, finding support was joining Gateway Women. And, and in fact, one of the co-directors of Clems was my best friend who I met there. And I wouldn't have been able to navigate the journey without her. So it's, it's not this monumental journey I've made on my own it's and it continues to be about having a network of people that understand and and part of that is about being brave enough to speak about how you're feeling and what it's like to be childless as well I think wise words wise words Mike I'm I'm really interested to understand um with your water skiing and coaching the youngsters um are there times when that's tough is it or is it just purely you're focused on the on the activity and, and helping these helping these kids because you know I could have I could imagine in my in my mind I'm trying to picture this scenario and and I know that because I've done this in the past where I'll be looking at the interaction of a father and son let's say sorry to just speak on the males but that just comes to mind and, and watching that interaction and get that pang of of grief come through, so I'd 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 be interested to hear you know how that's for you. 
I, I'm smiling wryly, Michael, because that, that's actually a very, very good question. Um, when I'm actually doing it in the boat um, and, and sometimes on the land, particularly with, um, with complete beginners, com just completely focused on what I'm doing uh, and the, the task, get such a kick from it, love the sport, um, been skiing for 40, 40 years and more, um, and get great feedback. And I'm a member of a, a small number of coaches at the club, um, and I can I can coach up to competition standard. But we all seem to focus, you know, seem to specialise in one particular area, and it it just so happens I seem to be better with with um, novices and, and and particularly youngsters, and I get a great kick from that. Uh, so yeah, when you, when I'm doing it. Um, yeah, just focus on what we're doing. Great kid, kid gets to do, kid or youngster gets to do something they couldn't do last week. Big smiles, big rounds of applause. Love it. Just join in with it. But then you, yeah, the right smile came because you mentioned about, you know, then seeing that interaction between the parent, which of course you get. And it actually, that was, a, there was an actual occasion where that happened, where it was a real turning point for me. And I knew I needed help. Uh, as a couple who um, used to come at the weekend, we're still do great friends of mine now. Um, he's actually a very, very eminent um, QC or KC now, King's Council. Uh, so he's a barrister, uh, very well known. And anyway, he, they would come with the with the youngsters, and I actually taught both their, their son and daughter to ski. And I used to do Saturday mornings, and yeah, you know, that's that was. 10, 15 years ago that I first started to teach them. And so those children have grown up now. And this friend of mine, who I, I better remain nameless actually because of his prominence, um, he had a 60th birthday uh, shortly after mine. And we got invited to his party up in a swanky club in London. And um, it, was, it was a fantastic evening. And um, his daughter came in because she'd just come back from university. And I obviously remember her as a little youngster who I taught, holding her in the water, et cetera, et cetera, and turned out to be quite a good skier. And she just looked, I don't know how old she was, 20, 21, maybe. She was absolutely stunning. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not saying this in the wrong, I looked at her, wow. And this friend of mine obviously gave his daughter a huge hug. And I just witnessed it. And I was so jealous. The tears just, mm. just started pouring down my face and I had to just mm. disappear. Thankfully, in terms of embarrassment, nobody saw it. Um, and there and then I thought, you're not coping with this. I need help. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, I think it, it, um, it was particularly prominent because this Japanese wife had become very, very close friends of mine. I see them a lot. And I was just, it was just jealousy. I thought, Christ, I'm never going to get that. It didn't happen on my 60th birthday. I didn't, I didn't have any kids to come to. I mean, I had a lovely time, but um, with all my friends, and I, I always say, and I think this is actually a, a part of, uh, of the situation we find ourselves in, that for me, my most prized and valuable possession and anything I've got are my friends. I value them more than anything I own or anything I've got, uh, even more than family really because you don't get to choose them <laughs> with no disrespect <laughs> to my family but my friends I chose them and they chose me so um yeah that was I had a lovely time but uh, yeah that 
that occasion of well i call him his first name's richard you won't work it out from there uh, richard's 60th birthday um yeah it, i just I t- it was instantaneous i thought what the hell's going on what happened just then you know why did that happen and i did then go and get some help which yeah it was a help it doesn't cure anything doesn't change anything gives you some different tools of, of dealing with stuff mm. so yeah it does happen mike no, look, thank you for sharing that, Mike, because, um, look, on sp- speaking on behalf of, you know, a lot of men, as, as we see the stories in our group, it's not a, it's not easy for us to admit those things. It's not easy for us to talk about them. So thanks for having the courage to do so. Really appreciate that. Pleasure. Mind you, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I was going to give you a challenge about getting me up on the ski, getting this fat ass up on the ski. A funny story. <laughs> My my mate took me uh, water skiing many years ago, and um, it was one of those sports I vowed never to do again because I just could not get this lump out of the water. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm laughing. That myself. sounds like a challenge. <laughs> Let me ask you two questions. Can you swim? I'm in I'm in Australia. Of course, I can swim. Right? Can you ride a bike? Uh, yes, I have right. done many times. I, on that basis, I'm confident I could teach you to water ski. Oh, it's a challenge. <laughs> All right. I've, oh, I've only you. ever had one person I could not get out of the water in 30-odd years. Wow. Sometimes it takes a while, but you, and you you've got to have two. the right equipment. You've got to have a proper competition boat with a boom coming out the side. Yeah. Uh, which is how we start the game. But, yeah, go to – Mike, if you want to do it um, – Go to a place that's got the right equipment. I, in fact, whereabouts in Oz are you? Um, I'm about. I'm in a place called Wollongong, so it's about 80 kilometres south of Sydney. So we're on the coast. Oh, okay. Right. Mike, you've got to get a trip over. Yeah, well, well, there's, that, go got, there's a young lass who I call her young. In fact, she's just become a mum who used to ski with us in my local club, and she. I don't quite know why she emigrated to America with us. But anyway, she did, and they're having an absolute ball down there. She's a brilliant skier, and she's a coach, and she's somewhere on that east coast. Um, I'll give. So, I'll, uh, I'll can, email can I just say it's a long name. east coast? Uh, sorry, it's a long east coast. Uh, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Britain. <laughs> <laughs> she's somewhere. Anyway, I will email you her contact details. I bet Sarah could get you out of the water. Uh, and there's a challenge for you now. Yeah. Fair, gonna need Talk, talking about well not challenges but talking about other things i'm just sitting here listening to you guys um is uh, is affecting me quite profoundly and i'm trying to find the vocabulary to talk about it and i think sarah's really done a great job in in as she does is encapsulating what's been going on here and talking about you know stop me from coming from the uk in 2019 because I was going to come and see you, Vicky. I know, I know. It'll happen. And you know what? I don't want this to sound bad, but I'm sort of glad that we didn't, because now I know your story, my Vicky would never have left. (laughs) Because she loves her gardening. She is dying to get an old house to do up because every time I walk every time I come in she's looking at a show about somewhere in the UK or somewhere in France or Portugal an old house that doing up so I don't I would have had to come home by myself I'm sure hey it sounds like we're kindred spirits us Vickies 
<laughs> Definitely have to come over. Yeah, that would be great. Well, no, no, we we intend to. We intend to. Uh, which which brings me on to another thing. So, what one of the things that I like, and I, it's not a. I don't really talk about myself too much because this is your show. But um, I love doing the family tree. So Caroline knows where I'm going with this now because yeah. um, she she said to me that she would she would do some research because Vicky's family, uh, uh, my Vicky's family. We've traced to very close to where Caroline lives. And although it's her married name, Stafford, that was the name of my wife's family in that area of the UK. And so I I, I really love the whole investigation thing with um, with the whole family tree. So I'm dying to know, Caroline, is your husband's family related to Vicky? I'm, I'm just dying to know. I haven't found out. I, I know because you would have told me. I would have told you. Yeah, <laughs> I would have told you. Um, I will. I will put that back. Okay. Once all my Christmas gifts awesome. are on their way, I will. I will get back looking back into that. Um, yeah. I'll, I, I'll, yeah. I'll send you a message. I'll send you a message with the with the with where they where they were situated, yeah. and you can ask your your in laws. But yeah, see, yeah, now yeah. it's on a podcast, so you got to do it. Yeah, I got to do it now. <laughs> send me that because they're away on a they're cruising my husband's parents are off on a cruise at the moment so they won't have much to do so if I send it them on a whatsapp they'll love a bit of research while they're um, while they're selling themselves sure yeah that's the weird thing though I mean I don't think that there's that many degrees of separation through most people is there there's, weirdly so my husband's well my sister-in-law's she, she was married before I don't want to give too much away but her her then partner was related to me um through my wow. name and I was just like I was like oh that's a bit that's a bit odd isn't it <laughs> I said to him are you he sort of said are we all right to get married because we're related <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it's striking how closely you know yeah. when you start looking at these things it's a scary old thing isn't it I've been doing um my family tree for a long long time decades mm. and um I, I I started it really before even I before I knew I wouldn't have children because I'm the only one carrying the name. My father was an only son. I'm an only son, and I have no cousins carrying the name. Well, I didn't until very recently. I found my second cousin with the same name. Uh, he's a couple of years older than me. He's also okay. into antiques, but sadly, he doesn't have children either um i don't know why because we've only just sort of found each other uh literally within the last six weeks um and we haven't met yet so i, I don't know why he doesn't have children but yeah. uh, it rather looks like the name's going to die but the, the really interesting thing is that um i did a dna test with ancestry uk to to try and help with this process and actually that wasn't how i found him but it's kicked up something else it's kicked up this lady who really really oddly enough lives very close to me and apparently we're first or second cousins and we cannot work it out um and now then we started looking at geography of where her parents came from and my parents came from and then our grandparents and hmm, it looks like there may have been some dalliance somewhere with my maternal grandmother and her maternal grandfather <laughs> 
So we're, we're getting my mum to do a DNA test to see if there's any link. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> wow, it could be a soap, couldn't oh, it? <laughs> I, I never, I don't remember her because she died when I was about four. I think uh, my maternal grandmother, she was a bit of a girl, apparently. She, um, yeah, mom, even my mum now will say she was always the first one to get up at a party and start dancing and and this. And there's some other stories that, yeah, it's wholly believable. Let me put it that way. <laughs> she sounds phenomenal. <laughs> well, you know, you think about it, you think, well, they didn't do that sort of thing in those days. Did well, yes, they did. And before yeah. and since and forevermore. It just goes on. You know, you just got more chance of getting caught now. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's so interesting. Isn't it? We, we had ours traced back um, and I was hoping, I was hoping for some blue blood. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping, you know, go and tap some, some yeah. red some tish and uh, nothing. It was literally oh. servants and farmers. Yeah, yeah, I've got the same thing. Mine's pretty much like that. Although there's a few bakers in my family, which is really interesting. My mum's done a lot of research and um, not far from us in Peterborough, we found some, I can't remember what relative it is, that had... Um, like a bakery and a confectioner's, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, yes, that fits what yeah. you're doing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Isn't that the bizarrest thing? Oh, I've, I've got family tree envy because um, this wasn't going to be about family trees, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so I've got family tree envy because all I've got are, are Scottish and Irish, you know, rebels and, and people in skirts and digging potatoes. Um, Whereas Vicky, on the other hand, it's it. I get really excited talking about it, as you will see, because hers is so vast and rich. It is unbelievable. So we've been able to trace back someone to um, the Americas. Well, actually, no. Round about the time of the Pilgrim Fathers, about a decade or two after they left, some of her, we've been able to trace her relatives following. So they've gone to Massachusetts and um, obviously the family has grown. So they have uh, history in the American, so the American War of Independence, the American Civil War. Um, there's potentially she's related to a number of American presidents because, of course, you know, and distantly, because of the fact that, you know, that, that part of her gene pool has been in America for so long. Then when you look around in this particular area in Australia, um, the Staffords, who came from England, um, he was a, a in the a British Army, uh, went to India, and then from the foothills of the Himalaya, ends up down here in Wollongong and was a big landowner. Wow. Uh, part of that family started the local paper. Um, another one was landowner uh, on her father's side, a bit further up the coast, which is now worth millions. So of course, the question is, where's all the money gone? Because I want some. Um, and another grandfather, four times removed, were, or four generations back, was a ship's captain that delivered product all the way down the coast here back in the day. So I, I've loved it. I've actually loved research of that one. And just, yeah, I've got envy. Yeah. Wow. I've got envy. <laughs> Yeah, but do the oh, DNA yeah. test. They're awesome because they <laughs> they kick up so much stuff. There's so many stories that have come from that, and and the reason I brought that up is because for me, I hope that what all that research that I've done 
is there for others yeah you know? mm. yeah yeah i quite agree with that yeah like in in a weird way, that's kind of what we've been talking about today, isn't it? Legacy, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. the community, and as as Vicky rightly said, it's it's not you don't go look, you don't go questing for this. You might fall into it. You know, you just don't know what your skill set is until you're, I guess, you know, those um, you know traditional. You're going to be parents fall away, and then you you are. It's kind of incumbent on you to go looking at your skill set, isn't it? And going well. How do I build myself back up again? Mm. I guess that's kind of what we've been talking about today in a, in a roundabout mm. sort of way, isn't it? Definitely. Mm. Yeah, one of the things that, sorry, Sarah, Sarah, but mm. one of the things that we see in the community of childless men is that there's a lot of men say, well, what, what is my purpose now? What, what, do I, what do I do? How do I, how do yeah. I contribute? And I think this conversation has really shown that it's just to be, be open to what's around you. Be open to what falls in, you know, falls yeah. away, falls in your lap. You, you use whatever metaphor you like. You know, I think that's important. My friend always says, it, my friend always says it's about looking for the arrows. So they can just be really small ones, but you see a little arrow and you follow that, and then you follow that, and you take that step, and you take that step, and and then you know it leads to something, it leads to something, and it's just so small. You know, things like. Like Vicky was saying, you know, it's easy to to look. I always associate it with marathon running, which I used to do and I don't do anymore. <laughs> that we start at the beginning and we look to where we want to go and we think there is no way. How can I ever be there? Like, how can I ever do that? And we we have to come back to remembering that it's those tiny, small steps, following those small arrows, taking those little steps day by day. And it might be two steps forward and three steps back sometimes. But it's those small steps and checking in all the time, I think, in ourselves. And what is this? Does this feel right? Is this bringing me a sense of meaning? Is this what I think I might want my life to feel like rather than look like, I think, isn't it? And then and then we kind of suddenly we're somewhere and we realise that we have created that. I, I like that talk of legacy because... It feel, sometimes it feels quite big and sometimes you can bring it back and think but it is just it can be the smallest thing that we don't know the impact those small things that we're doing are having like you know with Mike and his coaching and and Vicky and her communities it's it feels sometimes like a small thing we're doing but we have we have no idea sometimes of the huge impact it can have and we don't know how far that travels down the line for people do we it's so important mm. to remember that I think Mm. Yeah, Vicky, I, I was going to ask you, and uh, get around to it with your garden, Glenn's garden. Did you have that as your ultimate goal, or did you just take one step at a time and see see where it took you? When we moved here, uh, we had a completely different plan. <laughs> oh, right, good. Um, <laughs> we, we we came here and. It's a substantial building and, you know, we're really lucky to be here. It's, it's all about the vagaries of the housing market in the UK. You move from Brighton and you sell your semi and suddenly you can afford to buy something that's, that's a bit special. And I suppose we moved here with the idea of setting up um, a business within the house, um, an, an art space business, probably. 
Um, and but I think we had the luxury of not having any deadlines to work towards. And you can't imagine how it is to renovate a property until you're actually in and amongst it. And then we realised how much we'd bitten off. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so this, these grand ideas of what we were going to do with the place, they suddenly kind of got further and further away. And we had to take the renovations a step at a time and, and as, as money was available as well. And in doing that and taking a breath and within the process, rather than just chasing something that was further away, I think I became more aware of the garden and the garden as an opportunity and enjoyed being in the garden and then began thinking, well, actually, this garden is too big for us. What could we do? We've got this cracking infrastructure that the council left behind. We've got outdoor labs. We've got a car park. We've got all kinds of random bits and pieces. What can we do with that? And and it, you know, and and little little bits of the puzzle fall into place. Um, it's not something that you that we woke up one morning thinking we would do. It's something that's come, as you said, Michael, about being getting to a place in your life where you can be open to opportunities. I think there was a long time where I was blinded by my grief and and in particular feeling angry and maybe seeing the opportunity to have a positive future. And I think it's only by, for me, getting beyond that point by looking after myself, by finding some more people who understood, by having conversations, by time moving forward that that actually you can begin to think well there are positive things and there are little bits and pieces that I can be doing and maybe this is possible maybe this person can help me and maybe I can build the confidence and maybe I can learn new things um and so it, it kind of evolved um that was a very long answer to your question <laughs> no which was no we didn't come with the really. idea of doing cleanse also made me think that actually what you've done there then is what Caroline was saying you just you just spotted the little arrows it wasn't a great big one yeah that's it absolutely that wow I was just um I'm just thinking about how how inspiring you three are really your individual stories because there's so much there's so you know when we when we emailed you know Mike wanted to talk about water skiing but there's so much more to that water skiing than just yeah I'll teach people how to water ski you know, there's so much more to Caroline, your your biscuits, and 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 what the story is behind that. A beautiful story and so rich. You know that again would be inspiring to uh, to our community, I think, because there are those who feel quite lost, and yeah, it doesn't have to be the big things. And Vicky, look, I mean, I've renovated this small house. I know how bad that was while trying to live <laughs> in it. You know, so I take my hat off to you, but, but, you know, I just, yeah, look, I'm struggling with the words to just say how inspirational you are with what you've done and how brave you are, but also um, there's, you have a lot to, to teach people in that, you know, that they can trust our community or they can, they can find solace in our community. Like, and there's so much they can find in there. So, um, 
I'm really looking forward to coming over to England and seeing you three, to be quite honest. Likewise. Yeah. Be Absolutely. And I make sure that Vicky spends a very limited time with the other Vicky. Because <laughs> I know what's going to go on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I'm going to use that. What, what, you know, if I use that on, on, on my Vicky, I'm not quite sure, you know, that'll work. You know, anyway. <laughs> No, this I mean, it's been so lovely talking to all three of you. As as Michael said, when we sort of put this together, we're going water skiing, electrician, gardening. Where's this going to go? And I think that's what I love about the podcast. We just have a conversation and baking and life coaching. It just I love it when we get new voices together and just see that connection start to sort of happen. You know, because the community, as you've already said, the community is. It's so important, isn't it, that you're not doing it on your own, basically. Yeah, definitely. So thank you. Starstruck being here because I think um, you and you and Michael have have also had your journeys and have yeah did something incredible with this podcast and and the work I know you do beyond that. So thank you very much for the opportunity to 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 meet you and 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 Mike and Caroline too. Exactly. Just a pity, it's just a pity Berenice wasn't here because yeah. she would have loved this. So we're thinking yeah. of you, Berenice. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But 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 please now look. Let's have. Let's take this this time for for you guys to just. What do you want the community to know? What is it you're up to? Because um, you know it's also part of the thing that I think is missing is that from our community is that giving people the opportunity to support each other. Yeah, we have you great guys here who have taken that step forward. So um, tell us about what you're up to, what's next, so that the community can perhaps, if they choose to, get behind you guys. Who'd like to go first? Well, I can say that um, for the first time in five years, Clem's Garden's having a winter holiday. So at the moment, what I'm doing is having a bit of a rest. Amazing. (laughs) which I'm I'm really enjoying. Um, But from March onwards, um, Clems will be back up and running. We'll be back in the garden, planting and sowing and harvesting our flowers. Um, So if anybody within, we're in Huddersfield in West Yorkshire. Um, If anybody wants to support us by thinking of buying local chemical-free beautiful seasonal flowers from us rather than going down to the supermarket with their cellophane wrapped flowers um, then please consider buying from us but equally if you're in the local area and you would like to visit a neighbor who might be not get so many visitors or might be going through a hard time or a friend who's who's in the similar boat and would just like some flowers and maybe can't afford to buy them, then please get in touch and help us spread some kindness in the local community by um, taking a jar of our flowers um, on your journey and leaving it with a friend as a reminder that you've been there and you thought about them and you cared enough to stop by. That would be cracking. And if you're not in our local area, then if you could just spread the word that would be cracking. I'd really appreciate it. I think I've, I've shared the, the website address with Sarah, so it would be available. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Vicky. 
Carolyn, would you like to go next? So, yeah, what have I got planned? Um, we are on our last leg before the Christmas holidays, actually. Um, also taking a bit of time off, which will be a, a real treat. Um, and then in terms of what's coming next year, we'll just, we're going to just continue doing what we do and sort of hoping to provide that connection and that like facilitate that opportunity for people to just reach out to somebody that they love to let them know that they're thinking of them. We've just launched some um, kind of self-care kind of gift boxes. So with a bit more, a little bit more themed. So one is a letter writing one, we've got a, a sort of journaling one, a crafting one with the idea being that um, really giving people that opportunity to really slow down and take some time to do something for themselves. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they go. Um, and then with my health coaching, that that's gonna be something that I think will be quite tied to this plan B um, idea and kind of helping predominantly, I, th I think it will be mostly women who have been through similar journey to us and who are at the point, not necessarily just women, I guess, but people who are figuring out the purpose what what's what's next how how to find that kind of joy and that purpose and that meaning and and working with them closely sort of to look at all aspects of of wellness I suppose um but I won't qualify for that until about this time next year so it's going to be a juggling act next year of, of juggling the biscuits and continuing to um to learn and to study um but I will I haven't sent anything with our email address our um, website address but I will do that so we post nationwide and all our biscuits are letterbox friendly so um they can just drop on a on a doormat um if you know when you want to let somebody know that you're thinking of them and we do do many many happy occasions as, as well you know we, we bake for all sorts of occasions now and we have our you choose biscuits where people can if our messages aren't quite what they want, they can choose to put exactly what they um, what they want on a biscuit. And I'm always up for a good collaboration as well. So if there's ever, I'm thinking about um, Vicky and the flowers, like whether there's ever anything that a combo somehow that we might be able to do, I don't know. We're up in Yorkshire actually later on in January. So I might have to um, be in oh, touch with you. Bye and see you. That'd be great. Yeah. So yeah, so that's us. Thanks Caroline. And Thank Mike. You. Uh, yeah, I'm carrying on doing what I'm, I'm, I'm doing and getting the rewards from that. But um, uh, two things I think worthy of note for this is um, that my wife, she's an HR, she's actually a director now for a finance house up in London and has done that for 40 years and she is now going to retire. She's given them notice of that. So come May next year, she, she will be retiring um, from full-time employment. Um, sadly, she's still going to have to do some consultancy work to, to, to keep the walls from the door, but she's happy to do that. And that uh, she's looking forward to that because she can she can then pick and choose what work she does. And she's already had loads of inquiries about uh, uh, about that. And one of the things that's going to spin off of that is we're both keen um, snow skiers as well. And we've always wanted to have a, a whole season in a ski resort, and of course, never been able to do it. So um, we haven't. We, we probably think we know where we're going, but we're not quite sure for how long. Um, we argue about that. I say the whole season; she says four weeks. But uh, um, so <laughs> not not this winter, but next winter. We what we've got hope to do 
is find a chalet somewhere relatively cheap and just go there for at least four weeks, hopefully 12, and just enjoy it and ski when the sun shines and sit and read a book and drink wine when it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one thing we're going to be doing for ourselves. And the other thing, which actually I need to follow up on, because I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you, Michael, a while ago, was that I, I'm quite an active Freemason, and it occurred to me uh, quite a while ago that um, particularly this group, how I got involved with it was for was particularly men who are childless, albeit I'm very pleased to see it's open out because you know, we're all suffering and, and, and feeling the same thing. But it occurred to me that, um, you know, there are thousands of Freemasons all over the world and that I cannot be the only one who is childless and struggling with it. And uh, therefore, you know, could we perhaps within that, particularly as men, I suppose, historically tend to clam up a little bit about this, um, establish some sort of um, helpline. So I, I found the right route to go through, which is one of the benevolent institutes that the Freemasons run. And it was grabbed um, immediately and um, they're running with it and it's going to get funding and everything. Albeit, as I say, it does seem to have run into the sand and I'm pleased you've asked that question because I thought I haven't heard anything about that for months. So I need to follow up on it. But it, it, it initially got a very good reception. Um, just, just to, even if it's just a, a helpline to point people in the right direction, uh, just to say, look, if you're suffering this, then, um, then um then do do um do do something about it and the way to deliver it is that every masonic lodge has someone called the mentor uh sorry the chaplain who actually um is responsible for the well-being of the members of the lodge and his or her family that would be his wouldn't it um and it could be delivered by just saying at a lodge meeting look you know this helpline or group or however it manifests itself is available for if you are find yourselves in this position this is who to contact you needn't declare it here or now in front of everybody but come and talk to me and i'll point you in the right direction so hopefully that will at some point actually get up and running yeah i remember you telling me about that yes i'll be looking forward to seeing where you go with that thanks mike amazing Lots of arrows, lots of arrows happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, everyone. It's been absolutely, it's been a pleasure to meet you all. It's been Likewise. such a lovely great. energy around this episode. So thank you for sharing and being so open. Thoroughly enjoyed listening to you. Thank you. It's been a great, great way to spend a um, Sunday morning. So thank you so much. I completely agree. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. And and be lovely to stay in touch as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yes. Yeah, I'm so happy would. for Mike or, or Sarah, if you <laughs> want to bandy around my email, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. me too. I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll share everyone's amongst yourselves so you can connect. Thank you for listening. We hope you found Caroline, Mike and Vicky's stories as inspiring as we did. We'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like to find out more about their businesses, please head to the show notes or to our website, www.thefullstoppod.com and head to the toolkit where we list all of our guest details. You can also join our listeners list via the website. It's our monthly email that shares what's going on in our world along with community events and news. The website also lists our social media links and we welcome your connection to us. 
We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and we have a channel on YouTube. We're also new on Mastodon, and we have a Ko-fi account where you can donate to our work and help us to secure our future. Through our website and the social media accounts, you can also get in touch if you'd like to be a guest or you have a topic that we've not yet covered. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, it's important for us to let you know you are not alone.